Hello and welcome to another episode of Side Control Synopsis. We are back to talk about all things UFC. Yes, we are late, but we're here nonetheless. And with me, as always, to discuss UFC 266. Um, it was an interesting show. Um, and with me to discuss that show is Nathan. Nathan, how are you? I'm good, thank you, man. Yourself? I am fantastic. We are chilling, talking about some violence, some brutal, brutal violence. Sounds good, right? Yeah, sounds good. That was great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this show took place in Paradise, Nevada, which is next to Las Vegas, which I didn't know was a thing, to be honest. I thought it must be like in Las Vegas, but it's in Paradise, which is ironic. But here we are. So, this show was largely built around the return of Nick Diaz. Um, yes, there was a title fight, two of them. And both of them were going to be incredible. But the major highlight was Nick Diaz. And well, we'll get to it when we do. Didn't quite live up to the, <laughs> to the billing. Uh, let's just start off with the show, I guess. So the first fight on the main card was Jessica Andrade versus Cynthia Calvillo. I actually like Cynthia Calvillo. I think she is a great fighter but I think this always felt like such a mismatch in size and power even before the fight even started <sighs> because Cynthia is a technical fighter she's she piles the pressure on and in this fight she tried to get her offense off but it really was uh, it was it was kind of ineffective because of how strong Andrade was because she was just taking her time and when she got her shots in it was it was a completely different ball game and it, like as soon as the strike started to land you could see that Andrade basically took control she was the one chasing Calvillo down and I, I appreciated the fact that she was quite patient because in certain fights we've seen her take a lot of pressure and sometimes wilt to it again losing to uh, Valentina Shevchenko in a previous fight isn't a major blemish because everyone loses to Valentina Shevchenko. But I appreciated the fact that she was calm and her power was just the difference maker, I guess. And I don't think Cynthia could just get through that power because as soon as any of those strikes came in, she had to be on the back foot. And then there was the uppercut, the hook, and immediately just Cynthia basically just wilted and the referee stopped the fight. And yeah, that was an easy win for Jessica Andrade. What were your thoughts on the fight, Nathan? Yeah, it seemed like uh, Cynthia came in like with a bit of a game plan, as you said. Uh, but it just went straight out the window immediately yeah. uh, because whoever she was facing, whose name I can't remember. Jessica Andrade, basically. That's it, yeah. yeah. She was just too strong. And yeah. She got her hits in a bit better. She almost was counter-punching. Uh, for a bit and it was just coming off every single time so yeah it was a bad night for Cynthia so maybe we'll see her again maybe not who knows with the UFC she's <laughs> she's probably bankrupt now <laughs> for fuck's sake uh, yeah. We're not, I mean there are certain issues with the UFC we could get into but I don't think we should uh, because yeah uh, anyways <laughs> um, this is also Jessica Andrade's birthday on the night when she fought uh, happy birthday to her I think happy she birthday turned, I think she turned 30 so there you go oh a big win yeah maybe that's why she won 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe Cynthia Cavio just said happy birthday after she lost. Like, yeah. That's my there gift to So, yeah, that was a good starting fight. It got us going as fans to await the violence that is to come. And then, yeah, man. And then we move on to the next fight, which was between uh, Curtis Blades and Rosenstrike. Now, Jarzini Rosenstrike is a fighter who I don't think is good for like decision wins because, again, in this fight, we saw the same thing where I think tactically he kind of falls. Unless he gets his counter strikes off, which again against Curtis Blades you kind of have to do because both of these fighters were touted to deliver a an exciting fight where both of them are going to be teeing off each other and it's going to be fun. But eventually it turns out that it wasn't because both of them were kind of wary of the other's danger because both of them are dangerous strikers. But I think the major difference in this was that one fighter was willing to pour the pressure on while the other was waiting for the right opportunity to hit that knockout punch or the knockout strike. And that moment came in the second round, I believe, where he got him with the knee. And basically, Blades was rocked and was able to stay in the fight. And I think ultimately ended up dominating the round as well. And I don't think Rosenstrike looked comfortable at all in, 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 that, in this fight. And it's tough because we want to see him do well, but it's been a while since he has because not too long ago he, had, he got knocked out like horribly by uh, the champion Francis Ngannou. Yes, I am going to call Ngannou the champion even though there's an interim champion in Cyril Gan. It's It doesn't quite make sense. But yes, he had the loss to Francis Ngannou. He then picked up a win against Dos Santos. He then lost to Cyril Gan. Then had a win against Sakai. But again, it, it seemed on and off for him. And when it comes to decisions, I don't see him as the guy who comes out as a victor because he lost to Cyril Gan on decisions. He lost to Curtis Blades on decision. And... Both times he seemed thoroughly outclassed. And on the night, it, it seemed like it was Curtis Blades who dominated. And Curtis Blades is was the smarter fighter on the night. And I think that's why he was able to pick up the win. What are your thoughts on that fight? Yeah, I think Blades kind of... He took a nasty shot to the to one of his eyes. So his eyes was like swollen yeah. up, yeah. like bad. Uh, it was like shut by the end of the fight, like completely. So I feel like... Uh, Rosenstruck or however you say his name yeah. kind of let himself down a little bit because there was like a big target uh, he didn't really seem he didn't really ever go in for the kill because it seemed like after because it was a big knee that he hit to kind of do Blade's eye in you kind of thought then oh we're going to see this guy just go in and just start attacking but I don't know maybe he thought he would win on the scorecard so he kind of held no back a little bit but he, he just didn't really go for it at any point so it kind of let blades con- compose himself and just keep going and kind of show his guts because he took a big hit but i don't know i was a bit disappointed with the other guy because i thought when you see the eye like at the breaks between rounds you're kind of like oh this guy's in trouble here mm-hmm. but he didn't really just go in for it and kind of 
take the guy down or just do really anything. Yeah, because I think the game plan for Curtis Blades was to use his takedown and wrestling because that's what he was doing for most of the fight. And in the third round, when there was an opportunity for Jazzinho to like not wrestle because Curtis Blades gave him the opportunity to stand up and he didn't stand up. And that was like, you're not going to win the fight on points anymore. I think that third round was where he really messed up because when he got taken down, he had the chance to get up and he didn't take it. I think perhaps he felt like the fight was not going to go his way anyways. He felt like Curtis Blades was not going to make those tactical mistakes to get hit with one of those knockout punches. And it was kind of a moment of surrender because nothing else quite makes sense. And... It didn't make sense why he was—he was one holding blades to the ground when you—you're basically down in the rounds. This—this this is really not the way to go, and it, I felt completely off. And yeah, he was rubbish, yeah. basically. <laughs> Wasn't rubbish. Well, he it was. was a, you kind of—you kind of just really said it like in the third round. You, you're saying that he made loads and loads of mistakes, so he was rubbish, and he, he just should have just seeing the guy's eye was messed up and just kept going for the eye because if the eye's shut surely at some point the ref's going to stop the fight anyway if he's like hey you can't even see this is over but instead he's like he's just like backing off the entire time and almost because letting he, the other guy he was exhausted because because uh, Blades was wrestling him then he's tired Jesus anyways <laughs> um, yeah I think even with the busted eye it was an easy win for Curtis Blades and something to look into for Jarzinho because if he can't get his power off and if he can't get his strikes off, he's proven to be quite ineffective in fights. Yeah, and that's un- that's unfortunate, at-, at least in like the recent like year yeah. or so. Yeah, so it's he's a- rubbish. <laughs> can't you so, can't you can't back off from from that and then call the guy ineffective? I can. All right, you're you're just politely calling him rubbish. I'm saying that he he wasn't tactically good enough to beat Curtis Blades. Uh, yeah, he basically that's it. So he's rubbish. <laughs> Ta- Moving on. Tactically, he he came here with a game plan that was rubbish and didn't work in any way, shape, or form. I'm not saying he's a bad fighter. I'm just saying if he went in for the kill, he probably would have won. But his plan was rubbish. His plan should have worked with the knee when he got him. That should have been the moment for him to yeah, go. The, I feel like hand. that was it. He hit the knee and then he should have gone in for the kill. But instead he was like, oh, cool. I got the knee. I've done enough. No, because Curtis Blades stopped him. Curtis Blades held him down and basically took control. Yeah. Like, so took he, control. That's what I'm saying. He then thought he'd done enough. He didn't do anything else worth a damn after that knee. He did, <laughs> he did pretty true. much nothing. He got wrestled to the ground a bunch. and he. I, I can't think of a single thing he did yeah. after that. So he he hit that knee and he was like, done, I've won. And he was like, oh god, this fight's still going. Yeah. Useless. Uh, again, I think in a way, when you had Anthony Joshua versus Yusek having a heavyweight bout, and that was a good fight, it, it delivered. And then I think in terms of heavyweight fights, what people kind of expect of heavyweight fights. This was tactically a great performance from Curtis Blades. But just on the fact that his opponent 
could not implement his will into the I fight. He didn't even try to. Well, that's unfair. He had, he that's had, unfair to say. He had nothing. Like he, he had absolutely nothing going forward after that knee. He, he completely checked out, like of the fight. Because you even said at one point you're like, "Oh, Curtis Blaze, let him get up." He didn't even get up. It's like, what was this? What was the guy doing? Like, I actually would like to ask him, what was your plan? Well, it was to outstrike Sergon. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Curtis Blade. I don't know. He didn't even. There's nothing there. It was too rigid. He needed to have. Surely, as a UFC fighter, if you see a weakness, you zero in on it. And the, that eye was just there, like a big old bullseye. And, but there was nothing else. Like, he didn't do anything about it. Like, he could have easily won. If he'd got a, a one or two more decent strikes in on that, and to the point where the referee kind of went, oh, no, like, his vision's gone. We need, to, we need to end this fight. He could have easily won by stoppage. But what I'm saying is there's, there's just nothing after that from him. <sighs> I feel like that's a bit harsh. You so. called him ineffective. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that does not mean terrible. It just meant that he wasn't able to that's, that's exactly implement what I'm himself. Saying. I'm saying yeah, the exact same saying. thing. Yeah, I am. Huh. How are you saying the same thing? Because you're saying his point was to out, outstrike him. I'm saying he did that to a point and he got the big knee in. It was at that point after where I think he fell to bits. Because you're so close. If a guy's eyes swelling up to the point where it's pretty much shut, you're so close to a ref stoppage. If the ref decides that he can't see properly, the fight's done. So if you zero in on that, but he didn't, he just let himself kind of get controlled, and Blades kind of composed himself, and just completely took control. But there was there was not really any resistance to that, anything that was really worth mentioning. So I'm saying after that knee, he fell to bits, which seems weird because he was the one delivering the knee. <laughs> you can't land a strike that big and then just get controlled. Like that just shows you are ineffective. I feel he like... He needs more killer instinct. Well, first of all, Curtis Blake is an immaculate wrestler. Like he is incredible and... It's easy for us to say that, oh, he should have gone for the kill. But when you have an incredible wrestler holding you down and like, basically sapping the life out of you for the first round and then most of the second round and the third round eventually, it's, it's very hard to say that, well, why didn't he just tee off at him, basically? Yeah, why didn't he? Yeah. That third round coming to the end, you said, oh, there's no, you said earlier, there's no way he thought he won on points. Then yeah. surely he, if he... If he doesn't think that, why isn't he trying to go for something big? Because he knows he's going to lose, surely. Well, yeah, in the third round, I felt like he had lost already. In the third round, he, it felt yeah. like he knew that this isn't going to go his way. And it was like, okay. Yeah, so he's rubbish. Anyways, moving on. That, <laughs> that was just a long conversation. Um, on to the next fight. I, I'm sure you're excited for this one. No. Nope. Nick Diaz versus... Robbie Lawler. I'm going to give it How? as much effort as Nick Diaz did. I mean, <laughs> that's harsh. I, that's harsh. Man's 38. Come on. Don't come back, man. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's the thing. Um, a few months ago, when 
people started to basically see Nick Diaz again. Like he had kind of been like he he's the kind of guy who unless he wants to be out there, nobody would know where he is. And he here's the thing. His last fight before this, I'm sure, was in twenty fifteen, I think. And yeah, and I think even before that, his last fight was 2012, 2013, one of those years. So he hasn't fought properly in, like, years. It's been a while. And he had faced Robbie Lawler earlier in his career. Um, when did he face him? I'm trying to think. Was it in the 2004-ish, 2005-ish? Around that era, basically, right? He faced him. And... He beat Robbie Lawler. Yes, I'm, I'm looking it up now. He beat him UFC 47, uh, 2004. It was April. He beat Robbie Lawler by, a, like, by knockout. And at that time, Robbie Lawler was this beast who was just knocking people out constantly. And Nick Diaz was able to beat him. And that was, that was a big moment. Now, years later... Uh, people started to see Nick Diaz again and he was in shape. He was in great shape. He was cycling, he was swimming and he just looked in great shape. People started to see him, him in like UFC like audiences and it was, a, it was a big thing. People were so happy to see Nick Diaz again. And then f- rumors started of him returning to fight and the fight was booked against Robbie Lawler, which I feel like it's a very, it's it's a marketable move, right? Because... Robbie Lawler is like no spring chicken himself. He is basically on his way out of the sport himself. Like I don't think he has many fights left in him. <laughs> I mean, I could be completely wrong, but like he's he's not like in the prime of his career. He's like, clearly on the other side. And this fight was it's tough because Nick Diaz himself was saying prior to the fight that he didn't really want to fight. He didn't want to be in this fight. And when you hear things like that, that, okay, you know, I should fight Usman or I should fight one of those big guys. Like, no, you shouldn't. Like, you're returning after after like six years. And what you're saying really doesn't make sense. It really seemed out of character for someone like Nick Diaz to be saying all those things. And I think one thing became quite apparent. I don't think he wants to be that. And when, a, and when you're going in there basically risking your life and... You look very different from the images that came out not too long ago, like a few months ago before you before the, your fight camp started. The way you looked, and how slow you looked in your you know sh- I get I get a shadow boxing, but you looked so slow. You looked not in as good shape, and it was it was tough. People, like, what's happened? And I think something has happened. He again, he changed management and he changed a lot of things in that time. This fight came uh, came about in a very different circumstance to what he's normally used to. So going into the fight, I had no faith in Nick Diaz winning this fight. I thought Robbie Lawler looked in great shape. He's fought more recently, and I thought it'll, it'll be quite the comfortable night for um, Robbie Lawler because Nick Diaz has never been the guy who's had insane knock knockout power. He's just a resilient guy and. He basically outstrikes his opponent. And in this fight, it was... It started off with a flying spinning kick, which was hilarious to me. But, yeah, everyone was just just so excited to see Nick Diaz. And eventually it became quite clear that he is not great. 
But I, I feel like watching back, he wasn't as bad. I, f- I felt like he was landing his punches as well, but he just didn't have enough power to, you know, have any of them, you know, make any difference. Robbie Lawler's pressure was significantly higher. He kept coming at uh, Diaz. I don't think Diaz was terrible, but I felt like he was outgunned. And yeah, it became quite apparent that <laughs> it's going to go one way. It, it, it would have been a miracle if if Nick Diaz would have been able to pull anything off. And in like near the end of the fight, it seemed like he gave up in the third round. It felt like he was done. And yeah, the referee said, get up. And Robbie Lawler said, get up. And he was like, no, I'm done. And that was the end of the fight. Before we get into anything else, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I called it sad. Yeah. After I watched this, like, of course, there was a couple of moments where you said he he kind of tried to land some stuff. And that's, uh, that's fine. That's obviously coming from ex- a wealth of experience. So there's some muscle memory in there. But mentally, the guy wasn't in there. Physically, he wasn't up. He wasn't up to the level. He didn't. He didn't look it at all. And yeah, you're right. He just looked like a guy that didn't really want to be there. Wasn't ready for whatever reason. I don't know anything about Nick Diaz. So, but uh, yeah, mentally the guy wasn't there, and physically he obviously wasn't ready. So I don't know whether this was just a return that the guy was up for, and then when he actually got into the training, he was like, "No, I can't. Can't do this anymore." Or what it was, but it, it. I don't know. Want to know? I don't know anything about UFC if that's not clear. So I don't want to say this fight shouldn't have happened, but I do feel like you're venturing very close to someone on the day or whatever when Nick Diaz turned up and actually spoke to him. Probably should have gone. We can't put this fight on Dana, to which Dana would have probably laughed and just walked off. But uh. And it reminded the guy that he signed a contract. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about it. I don't want to take the mickey out of a guy who clearly prepared to be in there. And I don't want to say anything, because I don't, I, I don't have any knowledge of UFC to, to make anything smart. Yeah, 100%. Smart to say or to add to the conversation. But hopefully, I don't know, maybe Nick Diaz thought he had one more fight in him, realised he didn't, and now he's now he's doing something that he actually wants to do like cycling yeah I feel like the most important thing is does he want to fight again because people are saying maybe he could fight this maybe he could fight this again maybe he could you know no I think the most important thing is if the guy's alright yeah 100% I feel like the most important thing is if he is willing to fight and if he's okay with everything going on in his life personally I, I hope he's fine I hope everything is Okay, because if not, then again, fighting is the, like, the least important thing in life. So, yeah. if he's fine, That's great. That's not to say, um, Robbie Lawler obviously looked up for it, and he was fantastic. Oh yeah, he so was in excellent he's, shape. Maybe he's, got, maybe he's got a little something left to, uh, to give, so who knows, because the commentators kept reminding us that he's really old. Uh, Turned uh, out old was 39. Yeah. So. And and that's that's old in fighting. That's that's old. Because he's had so many fights. Like he's and his fights are not like 
he's had like yeah he's had 45 fights and his fights are gruesome like they're not your normal you know wrestling bouts or you know quick flashy knockout his fights are dogged again i know you won't but if you ever can watch his fight against rory mcdonald that's considered one of the greatest fights ever and yeah cool i'll be sure to do that yeah i know you won't anyways (laughs) yeah we move on uh final words i hope nick diaz is okay and yeah that's it that's all that matters on to the co-main event this was valentina shevchenko versus lauren murphy now i have a lot to say about this fight only in terms of what's coming and the narrative going into this fight so what i mean by that is everyone knew that valentina shevchenko is well she's gonna win right everyone kind of knew that now what's tough about this one is everyone started to give lauren murphy you know a puncher's shot because she has a style that maybe could work like she could wrestle her down she could maybe tire (laughs) valentina out but i feel like it's the same thing that's happened with every single fighter that has gone up against valentina shevchenko is in a couple minutes if that maybe less than that you realize how utterly outclassed you are compared to her you realize she can you know she can get away with whatever she wants to get away with and i think that's the most important thing that valentina shevchenko in this fight didn't do anything that any of us would consider to be unique or different or something that she hasn't done before everybody knew that this is how she fights and there's nothing you can do about that she was dominant in every single round she had her her combinations were lethal and she was she was able to just dominate each and every single round she was waiting for the right moment and it came it and it eventually came and it was a brutal combination and here's the thing when she hit uh Lauren Murphy with that combination she didn't miss a single strike they were all so pinpoint and eventually it was yeah the fight was over it went to the ground it was basically you know a surrender and yeah that was it there was a beautiful right hook combination ground and pound and the fight was over and then she had her da- I I'm sure there's a name for the dance I've got completely forget but yeah she had her traditional dance that she does after every fight letting everyone know that she is the best women's fighter of all time second to Amanda Nunes in my opinion but yeah that that was just a one-sided affair what are your thoughts on that one yeah it's just a uh, a fairly routine almost like a training exercise yeah yeah just just brutal and uh, uh no disrespect to Lauren Murphy but sometimes you just come up against someone that's a step better and there's nothing you yeah. can do about it and there's nothing anyone could do about it and yeah what what do you do like it's like to put it in terms that people might know it a little bit better it's like the other day when um someone asked pep guardiola how to stop messi before the psg game and he just laughed 
<laughs> it's like, yeah. and I think it's that sort of thing where you decide there's nothing you can do. You can go in there and have all your best intentions and all your game plans, but when you're fighting one of the best ever, as you say, uh, you just what do you do? Some people, yeah. are just, some people are just too good, and there's nothing you can't sit here and say Laura Murphy should have done anything differently because I don't think there's anything she really could have done other than catch Shevchenko on a bad day and it doesn't really seem like she's the sort of person that has bad days yeah 100% and I, I did say she's one of the best the, the best women's fighter I think she's one of the best fighters period she's incredible at what she does look at that liberal guilt catching up with you no, I mean, it's, it's, well, no, it's, it's actually a fact that, okay, when we talk about the greatest of all time, in fighting anyways, people say, people say John Jones, right? Uh, yes, I have mentioned his name, right? Um, I'm not going to go into why, you know, why he isn't. Yeah, he's great at fighting women. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, you brought him up. Yeah, but I wasn't going to say his name. My point was, many people go based on their resume, right, that they're beaten so-and-so and that's why they're considered the greatest. And I get that. Like, that's quite the obvious statement to make. But for me, when you talk about the greatest of all time, I think it simply comes down to, do I see anyone beating them? Do I see their style be beatable? And I think John Jones has been close to being, you know, to losing, uh, especially in his last couple of fights before you know before he did what he did but yeah he if you've seen him uh, like against reyes everyone thought he lost that fight but the decision ultimately went again uh, like in favor of john jones but we have seen him be on the verge of losing but when you talk about valentina shevchenko even though she has lost her fight she has lost to amanda nunes twice now i still feel like it's so hard to imagine her losing. Because the second fight that she lost to Amara Nunes, everybody collectively thought that, well, she, she should have won that fight. And that's why, in my opinion, that's why I say Habib is the greatest of all time. Because I just can't see anyone beating Habib. And, and that's the same argument I have for Amara Nunes for Valentina Shevchenko. And now we're at that stage again where we are almost every time either of these fighters fight where they have cleared the division, there's no one left, and the only people that they have really to fight is each other. They're both champions. Now, uh, yes, Juliana Pena is gonna be a tough opponent for uh, Amara Nunes, but after that fight, it has to be Valentina Shevchenko versus Amara Nunes, the trilogy, that's it. And the, has to, and the winner of that will basically be the greatest women's fighter of all time i'm one of the best fighters anyways so yeah it's gonna be fun to see how that ends up and yeah just an incredible performance from valentina shevchenko again commiserations to lauren murphy it just seemed like it wasn't her night yeah i'm sure she'll be back probably <laughs> we move on to the main event and this is one of the best fights i have ever seen in in terms of the moment we all know what moment we're talking about and just the sheer grit from both fighters just an insane fight it's the main event alexander walkanovsky versus brian ortega 
they were basically running the show, The Ultimate Fighter. They were the, basically the, the two mentors. And yeah, they were really like trash talking against each other. And Volkanovski isn't a trash talker. Like he is not one of those guys. But I felt like something really got to him this time. Perhaps it was just to sell the fight. But I felt like there was a lot he was trying to prove in this one. And in the fight, everyone knew, the, you know, like in terms of what Brian Ortega brings, it's going to be a fun fight, 100%. And the first round, I felt like was not pedestrian, but I felt like it was predictable in the sense that, yes, it was Wolkanovsky, again, his pressures, like so intense that we had to see Brian Ortega like basically cower to that, which was which is just insane to catch that we we were seeing Wolkanovsky finally show that he is as good as you know if people are saying that he is because he has beaten uh, Max Holloway twice now and both fights were controversial in a way where you could see in a way where Max was so good and people thought that he like Max would have won one of those fights. And everybody loves Max Holloway. So everybody kind of doubted Wolkanovsky. Because that's how you go. When the fan favorite kind of loses a close fight, everybody kind of hates the winner. And that's that's the image around Wolkanovsky in a way. Going into this fight, people thought, oh, you know, he, he got lucky in his last fight. And, you know, maybe now he'll lose. But the fact that he was able to apply his pressure so easily against Brian Ortega, it was immense. Uh, the second round, again, went his way. Now, round three is where the drama happened. Because, yes, in round two, we did see the, the fight change a bit because Ortega did make some adjustments. And he was using his jab. And 100% it felt like Ortega was better in the second round. You know, maybe you could say he won. But I felt like Wolkanovski... Uh, won that round as well because he was just you know he was taking those shots and coming back harder now the third round was where we had that incredible moment where he basically got dropped Volkanovski got dropped with a punch and immediately we saw a top mount guillotine with his legs basically wrapped around Volkanovski I can't even imagine being in that position because your neck is being cranked. You're, you basically can't move. And you're just stuck in that position. And, and and the way he was struggling, I was like, okay, this is it. This is how Brian Ortega wins this fight. And somehow we see Wolkanovski come out of that situation. And it was it was absolutely insane. And then, again, he got taken in that triangle. And it was such a brutal-looking triangle. And he was able to get out of that one. And ultimately ended up winning that round because of how dominant his strikes were after that. He almost knocked out Brian Ortega. Um, you know what? Let's get your opinion on the fight so far. What did you think of that sequence in particular? Yeah, I thought it was... It's certainly a fun sequence to watch. Uh, my opinion, at some points, I think the fight probably should have been stopped. Yeah, 100%. There were so many ch- times where... And um, 
Ortega was like basically knocked out at one point. Like he saw him getting slapped in the face by like the ref or whatever. Uh, trying to like wake him up and then they let it carry on and I was like what the fuck are we doing here yeah like, that, 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 yeah, that's the thing in, after the yeah the 100%. amount of times where we've had whole discussions and people have been like oh well you know like the one ages ago again where the person did like a knee on the ground and everyone's like oh you can't do that and it's like this dude oh, yeah. this dude was yeah. fucking knocked out like he was out cold you dragged him up and then you were like let's keep going like it's so backwards sometimes and you see, so stupid. They let people go in and fight who are completely unprepared, and then they let people carry on who are basically out cold, and then but then they have stupid rules like that, and it's just, it's, I don't know. So it's fun to watch because it's always obviously fun to watch just people go out and try and, and fight. Like that's pretty cool. But there was a few times in here where I was like, this fight's done. Like it should be done. Is is like is stops being cool when at some point you're just worried someone's going to actually die because here's the thing so it's stupid it's not safe yeah but I think the end of that third round is where it was really controversial because Brian Ortega was beaten he was basically knocked out right he was gone and I, I don't think it's allowed for the cornerman of the fighter to to pick him up but they helped him up to the chair. Yeah, but they make up, they make up the rules as they go along. And it, it gets so much worse because his, he's gone. He can't see, right? He can't see. Yeah. The, the, and then he gets up, you know, for the fourth round. And the, uh, the Herb Dean and the doctor come up and check. And they ask him, how many fingers am I holding up? He answers. I don't think he answers correctly. No, they ask him to answer again. He can't see, but everyone's just there, like, "Oh, he's done amazing to get out of this situation." So he didn't get out of this situation. He got, he got, he got absolutely battered. He got hammered fisted in the head. Like the fight's done. Like you've got to stop the fight. And unfortunately, it's one of those stupid things where it, entertainment takes over, and they wanted the main event to be this great thing. Which uh, it's a good fight, but it's a good fight because one guy was just desperately trying to survive, and like the last round, he was just swinging, like he yes. with nothing. So it, it's a great fight, and people will say, "Oh, it's an incredible fight," but you take a step back and go, "It shouldn't." No, this fight was over ages ago. Yeah, it stops being about trying to fight to win, and this guy was fighting just to survive. Like his fight or flight instincts kicked in, and. It's not fun, and so it's not safe. And I know this sounds stupid when you talk about cage fighting, but at some point, you've got to have something to, to keep these guys safe. They're already not being paid enough like, they're all, like, to do that, yeah. and they're putting their bodies on the line. Like, let's not put their lives on the line. This guy's getting hammer-fisted in the face. His arms were down. You had to slap yeah. him to wake him up. People had to pull him up to, just to get him onto a stool, and then you just go, how many fingers are holding up? He seems fine. Like, it reminds yeah. me of something years ago when I used to play football. And um, this is how long ago this is because this will never happen these days. So I was playing for a local team and went up for a header with someone else off of a corner. And we ended up cracking heads. Mm-hmm. And like I cut and I cut my head open. So I had blood all over my, all over my face, a la Terry Butcher. And wow. literally the guy came up to me, wiped my head with a piece of tissue. Uh and then put a little plaster on my head and then went, go get him. 
and just let me go back out there. <laughs> like, that would never happen. That would never, ever happen That's these days. But yeah, this is, a, this is a while ago. And um, I mean, we're still talking mid, we're still talking mid 2000s. So it's not Damn. that long ago, really. But um, like, it kind of felt like that situation where they pulled him up. They were like, how many fingers I would not? Well, he said a number. Let's get him back out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, and uh, I don't know if the guy's okay. He's pretty concussed out of his mind. And, but I don't know. It's, it's, it, it wasn't fun. And no, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, it's a fight. In terms of a fight, I guess it's got some entertainment value if you forget that one guy nearly died. But no, but he's bad the, UFC. Uh, now, I will say this. In the Ortega fight, as the rational part of me understands how terrible that is and um it really shouldn't have been allowed to go on but <laughs> to, to, to savage in me because uh, that's why i'm watching the sport because there's always that uh caveman-esque instinct the primal instinct everyone has that gets them to like violence the fourth and fifth round were fucking insane <laughs> they were fun to watch right and again it was just madness because Ortega was competing again. He was back and he was fighting incredibly well. I think he 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 might have split the fourth round. I think it could have gone his way, and the fifth round I think he won. So it was absolutely insane that he was able to, you know, just do incredibly well in that horrible state. But eventually there was only one winner. It was Volkanovski because of just how insanely gritty he was as well. And yeah, just a great fight uh, in terms of entertainment. Uh, some dubious circumstances, but overall, a really fun night of fighting with some depressing parts in it, basically. Yeah, probably. It was fine. Yeah. yeah. It was fine. So, yeah, again, I think we've, we've covered everything. Um, let's just move on to the Mackenzie Dern Award. Go on. Oh, who am I going to give it to? Yeah. Uh, I'll give it to Shevchenko. Yeah, she's going to get it every single time she fights. <laughs> she's, I think she's the first. She's the first fighter in the historic, uh, storied past of that award to receive it twice now. So that's how good she is. She's incredible. So yeah, that'll be. Our rundown of UFC 266. It was fun. It was entertaining. It was sad at certain points. But overall, it was a fun night of, as I mentioned earlier, violence. Uh, yeah, Nathan, thank you for joining me. You can go plug yourself. Thank you. Yeah, you can find me at Nathan Greenway on Twitter. Uh, you can find all the rest of our podcasts over at Rogue Opinions. It's at Rogue underscore Opinion. Perfect. And you can check us out on tc9 podcast on twitter and instagram you can check out our youtube the conventional nine our website the conventional nine.com for articles i posted one recently on barcelona and how terrible they are and yeah and you can check out the podcast where we get your podcast apple spotify whatever. and yeah thank you all for joining us we'll be back soon for ufc 267 thank you nathan for joining me anytime we'll be back soon bye all right.